Chapter 10, Establishing Trust. Show, don't tell. In this chapter, you'll discover how you can earn and secure full trust with any buyer and in doing so, increase your effectiveness. Because of a handful of unethical salespeople who have misrepresented the benefits of their products, customers may not completely trust everything you tell them. TV, news broadcasts, papers are constantly running stories about scams and cons that make consumers skeptical of salespeople. This skepticism keeps your prospect on guard and prevents the salesperson from correctly establishing the trust that is critical to making a decision or getting a decision. Regardless of the cause, it's critical that you're aware of the buyer's lack of trust and that you tackle that. Distrust in the sales cycle is not the buyer's problem, but yours. If the buyer doesn't trust you or your presentation, then the information that you're offering will be minimized, challenged, and shopped. Of course, the buyer will make a decision. It's just it won't be the one you want. When the buyer decides to think about it, that's a decision, but unfortunately, not the one you were looking for. Remember, a salesperson always gets a decision from the customer, always. I don't care what they tell you, think about it, not today, whatever. They decide to think about it, and you got them to do that. You convinced them to go home and talk about it. They decided to present it to the board. That was because of you. When the buyer doesn't trust the salesperson or something about the presentation, they'll always add time to the cycle by not making a decision to purchase. Even if you manage to close the deal, the unhandled element of distrust will always, almost always, guarantee future problems in delivering and servicing this client. When a person understands what's going on in the mind of the prospect, the customer, he's just stepped into an area that only the greats, a great professional, would delve into. The unspoken thoughts of the customer is an interesting field where we are no longer looking at what the buyer said, but what he didn't say. We're looking at what's going on behind the scenes actually in the buyer's mind. When a salesperson is willing to go there into the mind, into this delve into this whole science of the mind, that's the point where he transitions from a painter to an artist, you know, artisan, to like to a specialist. All my studies in sales over the last 25 years has involved the mind of the customer, not just his money. Prospect don't make sales. Oh, by the way, if you want to know more about your own mind and how your mind works, call my office and they're going to suggest a book for you to read that will show you everything there is to know about how your mind works, how to control your mind, how to manage the thoughts that go through your mind, and how to understand other people and how they think. Great book. I've read it six times. I'm not going to tell you what it is right now. I'm going to have you call our office. Prospects don't make sales. Salespeople do. As I stated earlier, prospects don't make sales. Salespeople stop sales. Okay, you understand? Prospects don't stop sales. Salespeople stop them. Prospects don't make them. Salespeople make them. Understand also that prospects don't make the sale. It is you, your job, to make that sale. Whether or not the sale happens is entirely up to you, not up to them. In order to make the sale, a lot of people don't understand this. They're like, okay, we're gonna I'll cross my fingers, hope I get a sale. You have to make that happen. In order to make a sale, you have to understand the mind, what the thinking is of this person. If you don't recognize how people think and what causes them to respond and act, you will be unable to take full responsibility and will never reach your full potential. 
When you step into this arena, you're now in the business of handling people, not handling products. People are run by their minds. Understand the mind and you understand the people. Most salespeople tend to blame their customers when sales are down, but they they don't usually do so to the customer's face. It's interesting. They do it later when they're with their coworkers. Ah, this guy can't make a decision. He doesn't know what he wants. He's a jack. He's a flake. He's this. He's that. He can't buy. He's not for real. He wants more than he can afford. He's just wasting time. On and on and on. I never tolerate this sort of talk from any of the people that work with me. This unwanted behavior is an indication of very low responsibility. And low responsibility equals no sales. Low responsibility equals low levels of production. Low responsibility equals low chances at ever being successful. The salesperson must, must, must assume responsibility for himself, the prospect, and all that occurs. One time, a buyer in a retail furniture store said to me, I was selling furniture at the time, I might have been, 16, 17, 18 years old, 17. Guy walks in and says, look, I'm not buying anything today. With a smile on my face, I replied, sir, if you don't buy anything today, it will be my fault, not yours. He looked at me with a grin and said, great, let me tell you what I'm looking for. The customer did buy from me that day and we furnished his entire home. All I did was take responsibility for the selling and the buying. See, you guys are listening to this. You, you want to be responsible for only half the game, which means you can only control half the game. You have to be responsible for the selling and the buying. Also, I understood that him saying he wasn't buying was just a negative or reactive response that came from his mind, not really from him. It was a conditioning response. The only thing the buyer should have to ever have to do with me or you is give you money. They shouldn't have to buy anything. Just give me the money then. Okay, so watch. The buyer who states, I'm not buying today. This indicates his lack of trust of either salespeople or his ability to make good decisions. It's vital that you understand why the buyer is wary of people like you and why he distrusts distrust his own ability to make decisions. These points must be understood and they must be handled in order for you to get what you want. When someone meets you and you sense his or her distrust, know that it doesn't have anything to do with you personally. You haven't even said anything yet. Perhaps the blue shirt you're wearing reminded him of someone he had a bad experience with. I don't know, but I do know that if you don't handle the distrust, you will not sell them. Credibility equals increased sales. The lack of trust will cost you sales. Distrust will cost you credibility. And a loss of credibility will add time and reduce the probability or chances at the sale. Credibility, I believe, to be one of the most valuable assets you and I have as a salesperson. When something happens that puts your credibility into question, it becomes extremely difficult to get that person to trust his decision to do business with you. If an element of distrust exists, no matter what you say or how you beg, plead, or persuade, realize that you've got your hands full and you must, you must handle distrust first in order to get any job done. You must rebuild your credibility immediately. I mean, the first thing to do is not lose it. But once you lose it and you know it, you have to rebuild it. Ignoring the credibility issue does not make it, you know, 
not be there. It's still there. It has to be handled. When the buyer doesn't trust, you can use all the greatest closing lines throughout history and watch them fall upon deaf ears. Great salespeople understand the buyer's distrust. They accept full responsibility for that distrust, and they never, ever take that distrust personally. So I'm going to say that again. Great salespeople understand the buyer's distrust. They accept full responsibility for the buyer's distrust and take full, total, absolute responsibility for and never take it personal. I always assume that the buyer doesn't trust a single word of Satan. I just assume that. They might not even believe that my name is what it is. That's why I wear a name tag. A name tag is a great idea for, for if you're in the consumer business today. A name tag creates something that they know they can trust and depend on. Why? Because they can see a name tag. When I'm talking about a product, I provide everything that I say to the, my buyer or prospect in writing. I support what I'm saying with printed materials. If I'm telling someone that the piece of property is 44,000 square feet, I show them the documentation that supports my statement, and this will start to show the prospect that I'm trustworthy, that I know what I'm doing, and he'll lend credibility now to what I say in the future. The more I show him now, the less need he will have for proof later. People believe what they see, not what they hear. Have you ever noticed that a buyer isn't fully listening to you when you're talking to them? This phenomenon occurs because the buyer assumes that he can't trust what a salesperson says. People believe what they see. They never believe what they hear. Most people don't believe what they hear. They put much more value in what they see. Always have your presentation, your proposal, your prices, your offer in writing for the buyer so that they can see it with their own eyes. Your prospect will not believe words he hears, but will believe the words they can see. Tell a guy some unbelievable and bizarre, outrageous conspiracy theory that you heard about, and then show him the article where you read it. If it's in writing, it becomes more real to him. Just try it. Start off with some conspiracy story, okay? And then show him some. Show him proof of one, okay? And watch the reaction. I had this very, very wealthy friend of mine uh, and I wanted to get him to invest with me or consider investing with me on a piece of real estate. Well, I didn't tell him the thing about the property when I called him. I didn't tell him about the deal, how great the investment was. I didn't waste one second telling him about any of that, even though it was true. Because he's been told this thousands of times, okay? I called him and said, hey, would you meet me at the property? Because I want to get your opinion on this piece of property. And I want to get your opinion on how I can expand my company. And I want you to see what I was doing um, and see if I can get some advice from you. Well, I showed him the property. I, I showed him the tenants there. I showed him the competition I had. I showed him the location. And I showed him the possibilities. I showed him what I was going to do with it. Within 30 minutes of touring just one of the projects, he was asking me, hey, can I invest in this? Is there any way for me to get on this? Could I put some money in this? Would that be helpful to you? Interesting. I showed him. I didn't tell him. So I want you to make this a rule that you sell by. Assume that your buyer, no matter how well you know this person, he's your dad, he's your mom, your uncle, your aunt. Assume that no matter how well you know this person, that they will never believe your words and will only believe that which you show them. As I stated earlier, there are many reasons for distrust 
and it is necessary that you know what they are. The most common and least considered is the buyer's own experience with fabrications, exaggerations, and embellishments. You've got to assume that at some point in his life, he might have committed such an offense himself. It might be something major or it might be something minor, like the time he lied to his parents about not feeling good or he didn't have to go to school. Whatever it was, the buyer knows that another person is capable of slight exaggerations, maybe even outright, outright lies, because he's done so himself. The buyer believes now that if he's done this himself, you are even capable of doing it. Regardless of how honest you are, how much integrity you might have, your prospect believes that you are capable of those same things and because of that might not trust you completely. This belief and distrust is what is real to that person. So the element of distrust is intensified when your prospect has then had the negative experience of being ripped off by some earlier salesperson. See, that could be the cause. People have misunderstandings all the time, and misunderstandings can lead to distrust. I want you to try this simple exercise to prove my point. Write down a short story. I don't care what the short, uh, short story is. Tim went to the store, found a cat. Cat was black. Uh, some guy walked in, stole the cat, and uh, went to a store and cashed it in for $54. I don't care. Make up a story, okay? Write it down about something that happened to you. And I want you to read that story to one person and tell that person to pass that on to another person and then have them pass it on and do that to at least five people. Now, I want you to have the fifth or sixth person to come back to you and tell you the story that they were told and compare it, compare it to what you wrote down. I assure you, that story will have changed and the story will not change because of lies, but because of incorrect duplication and misunderstandings. If you had passed your story in writing to each person, that would have greatly reduced the chance of any misunderstandings. Why? People believe what they see, not what they hear. And what you say and what you write, the sayings misduplicated and the writing is not. So how do you handle the buyer's distrust? The rule to handling a buyer's distrust is always use and show written material to support your presentation and proposal whether it's on the internet, on a telephone call, in person, always support your presentation in writing. When you're documenting facts for your customer, it's preferable to use third-party materials to support what you're saying. Remember, people believe what they see, not what they hear. So always, always, always write down what you've said, offered, proposed, promised, implied, and suggested. Anytime you're going for a close, insist on putting it in writing. God, I see so many salespeople shying away from contracts, buyer's orders, and signatures. Why? Because they falsely believe that they may scare the customer with a pen or a contract? This is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous assumption that has no basis in reality. You don't go into a military operation without equipment and supplies and would never, ever go for the clothes without a pen and a contract. There's nothing to hide. You don't want a covert operation or some kind of criminal that needs to sneak around. You're not black ops. You are a salesperson, a professional. You're great. You're a professional that offers a product that will benefit, that will solve problems for your prospect when they purchase and own it. So when you're presenting your product, write it down or show them the benefits on paper. If you're showing them how your product will improve their business, show them that proof by statistics, success stories, video, audio, anything you can show them that tells the story so you don't have to. I used to keep an evidence manual with me to show my facts and what others had said as a result of doing business today. 
Now, that evidence manual in writing today could be completely replaced with video where you can show somebody a movie where they can see all these people that have bought from your facts and figures. The internet can be used like that. People love, love to see that you're prepared, love to see that you're sold on your product, and love to see that you can support it with, with factual data. When you show them what your competition will do or will not do, prove it in writing. Don't tell them what they'll do or what they won't do. It's words. Nobody believes them. When you know you've got the best price, the best product, and the best service, always back it up with documentation. If you can do this satisfactorily, you'll earn trust and reduce the prospect's need to shop, to think, to research, to talk to others, all the while increasing your odds of closing a deal. That's incredible how much significance people place on the written word, and, and you want to capitalize on it. Every day, people quote things that they read in the paper without ever researching it for themselves. You ever seen that? Hey, did you see what was in the paper today, man? They don't even know if it's true. They're just regurgitating what they saw and believe to be true because it was written down. They assume it was written. uh, They assume if it was written that it had to be true. Hey, folks, people read books in school and go the rest of their lives believing believing it was true. 20 years ago, a book was written. The first line read, life is difficult. This book became a a national bestseller and everyone adopted this one line as truth. Life is difficult when it's garbage. Life is not difficult unless you agree with the line. That line certainly is not true for me. It may be true for you, but it's not for me. And it's definitely not a quote that I want to live the rest of my life for. But because it was written, people assumed it to be true and adopted it as their own reality. Newspapers perpetuate things that are not true. History books are filled with errors, opinions, false reports, agendas, and even outright lies every day. Hey, we still don't know how Kennedy was killed. Okay? Even though it was printed, what happened? Most of the public, not sure. UFOs, real or not real? Hey, man, I got to see some evidence, okay? But it was a big question mark because they've been in papers a lot. Some of the best-known books were written many, many, many years. I'm talking about some of the top one, two, or three books, okay? They were written 70 years after the events took place and long, long after all the players were dead. Yet, if it is written in a book, people, you know, tend to believe it to be true. Remember the movie? Jerry Maguire, where the, where the character played by Cuba Gooding Jr. kept saying to Tom Cruise's character, show me the money, show me the money. In sales, the customer is Cuba screaming, show me the data, show me the data. See, that's the point here. Show the proof to the prospect. Make it real to him, and he'll have confidence to buy. With the abundance of information available today through third parties, consumer guides, the internet, other sources, your prospect has become more dependent on facts to support his decision-making. Buyers are going to continue to rely on these sources. So you need to make use of the same sources to support your cause and help the buyer make a right decision and make it now. Anytime you're presenting product information, performance reports, facts, historical data, comparison information, pricing data, proposals, etc., the rule is don't tell, show. The automotive industry is notorious for not wanting to give information over the past years. They're making great transformations today. But they were notorious for a long time for not wanting to give information to prospects. And because of this error, the industry suffers 
from high turnover, poor loyalty, customer loyalty, high advertising costs, shrinking profits, and tremendous, tremendous pressure from the manufacturers onto the individual owners to change. The premise was, hey, look, in the beginning, in the cowboy days of the automobile industry, the less everybody knows, the better off everybody is. Well, today in the 21st century, nothing could be further from the truth. The more people know, the more they can trust the information, the more likely they are to buy, to make a decision, to roll, to, to less roll, let's do it. See, by offering written information, your sales will become easier. You'll make more money and you'll have more satisfied clients. As a salesperson, I personally prefer informed, intelligent, loaded up with information, logical, informed buyers over uninformed buyers for the very reason that an informed buyer informed he has data, can make a decision, and can be handled with logic, while the uninformed cannot make a decision and tends to get emotional as a way to make a decision. When facts, data, logic are missing, people get emotional. And when people get emotional, they get irrational. It's okay to sell with emotion, but you want to close the deal with logic. This is a big mistake made with all salespeople in all businesses. Listen to this. It's okay to sell with emotion, but when you close a deal, you want to wrap it up with logic, data, and facts. An informed, professional buyer, in my mind, is much, much easier to sell than one that is not informed because the uninformed can't make decisions with trust. Someone who is not informed about the product will make an offer that has actually no reality involved in the offer. Why? Because there's no nothing based in you know, logic. That would be an emotional offer he made, not a logical one. See, I want logic and facts in the clothes on my side, not just emotions in the clothes. When people get emotional, they get stupid. So I want to keep people logical. And I keep people logical by providing them with critical, credible, very credible and trustworthy validation that they can trust. So here's some tips on using written and visual information to close. Never sell with words, always show documentation. Never negotiate with words. Write your negotiations down on paper. Never ask for the close with words. Use a buyer's order. Never make verbal promises. Put your assurances in writing. The more data, the better. Don't be afraid to use lots of data. Use more information overload. Keep your information current. Have your written information available and easy to access. Use third-party data as much as possible rather than your biased data. The more you're able to access data in real time, the better and the more believable. Real-time data is preferable to prepare data. Use computer-generated data where possible. Have the internet access available so you can pull. It'll probably be the grid, not the internet in a few years. So you can pull that data off the grid up in front of the customer and they can see that it has actually not been contrived or manipulated. So make it easy for the buyer to do research while they're with you instead of at home or in their office when you can't be there. Like make it so easy they don't have to look up anything else. If the buyer wants to look up their own information or research, let them do it, but let them do it there. Make the technology available, give the information, you know, so they can easily grab it. Now, after consulting thousands of companies on improving their sales processes, I've encouraged businesses, management, and salespeople to make all competitive advertising also available and fully displayed in their offices so that if this person wants to actually shop, he doesn't have to leave. He doesn't have to go out. He doesn't have to look at what the competition is doing 
but can actually go to a wall and see, hey, by the way, this is what our competition will do for you. Look, you got to help them believe you. People want to believe you, but you have to help them. If you have a good product and a good service, then do everything you can to build your case and do it with written information. That way, the buyer doesn't have to trust you. I don't want them to trust me. Once they read that what you're saying is so, they have no choice but to leave you to, to, to believe in you. You know, that 144-unit condo project I was telling you about, we had some trouble selling it for a time. I decided to visit the building, find out what was going on. Walked in, immediately saw, hey, no place to sign in. Pricing wasn't available. Pricing sheet's not there. Can't get a rate. Can't get a payment. I mean, I can, but nobody can see it. The computer's in the back office. There's no competitive pricing displayed. I got rid of the project manager, installed a new group of inexperienced, eager, willing salespeople, made sure they had all the information out front, up front. We sold 30 units in three months. That was three times the sales from the previous year. Some people distrust the selling profession because of the actions of a few criminals and the inactions of the many good intentioned salespeople who didn't understand this basic rule of selling. People believe what they see, not what they hear. So show them, don't tell them.